Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Joel the Mouth right here, the Mouth on Sports, episode number four. A lot in store for you here today. Very excited. I have a extremely special guest who's going to jump on with me um, for about 10 minutes this afternoon and talk a little bit of Dolphins football. And he's on the line now. Hello, sir. Please tell everybody who you are. That's awesome, Carter. So what did you want to come on here today and talk about? I heard it was the Dolphins. Is that correct? Yes, you are correct, my dad. Oh, well, they're sitting at the division in second place at 6-3. and three. They got the next three games against the Jets, the Broncos, and the Bengals. How do you think they'll do during those games? The Bengals, they might lose. Depends on, on how Tua plays. Because... Um, I think you have a good case. That's a good case. I think Joe Burrow is very, very good. I think Tua has shown a lot of things too, though. But, I mean, you know, as Tua goes, the Dolphins go. Okay. Okay. I think we have a good chance. I mean, I think all three of those games are very winnable. That would put them at nine and three. But then becomes this massive test against the NFL's best team with Patrick Mahomes on it. They play Kansas City Chiefs. How do you think the Dolphins do in that game? I don't know about that, Carter. I think our defense is a little bit better than the Chiefs' defense. Patrick Mahomes is the wild card. However, if you look at the Chiefs this year, they almost lost to the Chargers. The Raiders beat them. And Carolina last week played really tough against them. They only won by a couple points. So I don't think it's a guaranteed loss. I think it's going to be a really close game. And I think if two of close game, you think it's going to be a close game, not a blowout? Okay. All right. So let's say they do lose that game. We'll put them at nine and four. So there's three games left after that. You got the Patriots, the Raiders, and then you wrap up the season with the Bills. Now it is completely possible that they go into that Bills game at 11 and three, 11 and four. So it could mean the division. Do the Dolphins have a chance at the division? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, they don't have Tom Brady. They haven't been playing very well. Their defense has been bad. Um, but yeah. it's a di- it's a different Dolphin team now. I think, you know, I think, honestly, if they can get into that Bills game, that last game of the season at 11 wins, I think that gives them a legitimate shot because you look at the Bills. They play the Chargers, the 49ers, easy victories, in my opinion, for the Bills. Then they'll have the undefeated Steelers if they're still undefeated at the time. I think they take a loss there. They beat the Broncos. They beat the Patriots. They would go into that last game with the same record as the Dolphins. And the Bills have won the first matchup. However, the Dolphins could win the second matchup. So I think it's going to be interesting. Um, 
And where do you think that Tua ranks kind of, you know, between Justin Herbert, Tua, and Joe Burrow? Who do you think is the best rookie quarterback right now? I think right now would be Joe Burrow. I agree. I agree. I think he's playing out of his mind. I think the Bengals have been in every game they played this year all because of, you know, what, what he is doing. He's throwing it well. He's doing well. And he leads that offensive just like no one else. So I think it's a good job. I, do you think he's going to win the rookie of the year or what? Depends on how um, Tua plays. He might win, but if Tua um, makes a comeback um, on Joe Burrow, then it's close. It's close between Joe Burrow and Tua. Well, we'll see how, how it all plays out. I mean, personally, I think two is playing out of his mind. Um, I love what Joe Burrow is doing. Justin Herbert shocked a lot of people. I think the only reason he's not getting as much of attention is because the coaching is really bad with the Chargers. But other than that, I think, you know, like we said, the Dolphins are, are looking really good. I mean, today you look at the standings, you see the Dolphins right, sitting at second place. You got to be impressed by that. I mean, I know you're still only seven, but the Dolphins have always been pretty bad, haven't they? Yeah, but now, this year they're doing pretty good. They've won six games. Yep. They've lost three. That means they've been in nine games this year. They've lost three and won six. Absolutely. So, and they've been doing really good. Do you like the new coach with Brian Flores? you like what he brings to the team? Yes. He brings them excitement. Excitement. Wow, Carter. For a lot of listeners who are Dolphin fans right now, Saying dolphins and excitement in the same word, you know, that, that never happens. You know that? Yeah, because the new coach, he wants to rack up, like, if our defense sucked, like last year. Yeah. And we had the same coach, the new coach that we have now, he'll probably fire them up. He done, and, and he's, yeah. he's done a good job yeah. with that. Absolutely. You play to win the games. That's what a famous coach said once. You play to win the games. And the Dolphins play well. They play well on offense. They play well on defense. And they play well on special teams. So they're a well-rounded team. And it's an exciting time to be a Dolphin fan, whether you're a 40-year-old guy like like me or you're a 7-year-old kid like you, right? Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate having you on for the show and all the fans do as well. So Thanks for hopping on, spending some time talking about the Dolphins today. What thanks. What? Very, very well. I appreciate you hopping on, bud. Well, see ya. All right. Th- I know Bye. Bye. Thanks, Carter, for coming. Mm-hmm. That was my son, Carter. He wanted to talk a little bit about the Dolphins, and he makes some great points. I mean, honestly, going in, like I said, the Bills could beat the Chargers, no problem. The 49ers, tough game against the Steelers, um, the Broncos, and the Patriots. I mean, if they do what I think they're going to do, they win, win, lose, win, win. Dolphins do the same thing. Win, 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 lose, win, win. They go into that final game against Buffalo with the division on the line. That would be something amazing. I mean, like... Like we were saying before earlier in the show, when you look at Brian Flores and what he brings, the culture, the discipline, he's changing things. I mean, the Dolphins have had this losing culture. 
this just culture of negativity and things going wrong from Adam Gase and Nick Saban and the hundreds of quarterbacks that they have at the position. They've righted up that position. They've done well at that position. Tua is showing immense signs of growth. I mean, and to me, he's up there, rookie of the year. Now that he's in, what's stopping him? He's only gotten better and better as the games have progressed. And now you're giving him three teams here in a row whose defense isn't that great. He should shine in these games. He should just keep learning the system, keep doing what he's comfortable doing, and the rest will take care of itself. He's shown immense potential. His growth has been great. I mean, the first game he played, everyone was saying, oh, he didn't even throw for 100 yards. It was the defense. Well, look at the last two. I mean, that just goes to show you what he really has. He's not scared to run anymore. He makes quick throws. He makes great reads. It's amazing to see this kid in action, to see what he does, to see what he brings to the table, and I'm excited. Now, I'm not guaranteeing the Dolphins are going to win the division because it's going to be tough. You know, they. I will say this. There is more of a shot that the Dolphins win the division if they can beat, find some miraculous way to beat the Chiefs. It can happen. The Raiders are a less talented team than the Dolphins, in my opinion. And they were able to find a way to beat the Chiefs. The Chargers hung in there with them. The Carolina Panthers hung in there with them. If the Dolphins beat the Chiefs, they may run the table for the rest of the season. If they do that, they win the division. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, yes, I know the Raiders, the Browns, and the Dolphins are all sitting there at 6-3. and three. There are 10 teams in the AFC, playoff-worthy. Only seven get in. I do believe there will be a 10-win team sitting outside the playoff window in the AFC. I believe the Dolphins win 11 or 12 games and they're in. I truly believe that. Keeping with the NFL, we got two other topics in the NFL to cover before we get to some other things here that are happening. Joel the Mouth at underscore Joel the Mouth on Twitter. You're listening to the Mouth on Sports podcast. Before I get to tonight's interesting Thursday night football game, which is the first time we're saying that this season, I want to talk a little bit about the MVP race in the NFL. Most valuable player. There are a lot of players. I would say four. You know, maybe five or six, depending on how you look at the MVP. The obvious is Mahomes, Rodgers, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen. Some throw Aaron Donald in there. Some throw Kamara, uh, Dalvin Cook. You can go a lot of ways with this this year. Now, most of the time you look at the quarterback play. The quarterback play kind of drives it. But you look at defensively, what Aaron Donald's doing is a one-man wrecking machine. Look what Dalvin Cook and Kamara are doing there, especially with Kamara, what he's doing with Drew Brees taking a step back. He's kind of put himself in the light. But I want to focus on one guy and one guy in particular, and 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 not to take anything away from Mahomes or or Rogers, because yes, Mahomes has some weapons and he has great skill, and with what he does, putting the weapons and his skill together. I mean, he is an MVP when he steps on the field. He's out there. We know he can do it. Rodgers doesn't have as many weapons. Rodgers has to play as a top four quarterback week in and week out for the Packers to be where they are. That's 
That's point blank. Mahomes doesn't have to do that. He has other weapons, other ways to win, and the guys surrounding him are good. That brings me to Josh Allen and Kyler Murray. Because I gave you the top four in no specific order. Mahomes, Rodgers, Murray, and Allen. Before I get to Murray, let me talk about Josh Allen. A lot of people were talking trash about, talking crap about Josh Allen because the Bills lost on a miracle play by Kyler Murray. Um, You know, he faded a little bit in that second half against the Cardinals, but that pass to Stephon Diggs, I was like, wow. What quarterback can make that throw where Patrick Peterson, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, he put it in a place where he couldn't get it. Only Stephon Diggs could get it. Slid, made the catch. Bill's Mafia is out there setting up the tables in their homes, in their backyards, because obviously you can't be near the stadium, getting ready to jump through a table. Ah, 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 ah. The last man on my list. The Bill's fans went to jump through the table, and guess what happened? It didn't break, and it was painful. Bill's fans are in a painful state after last week's game. That was one of the best, if not the best, Hail Mary pass I have ever seen. Thrown by the guy that I'm throwing my hat in the ring for in Kyler Murray. That's right, I said it. I am all in on Kyler Murray. Okay, so what he has Fitz? So what he has Kurt? So what he has D-Hop, who is... Him and... He may be the best wide receiver in the NFL. Some may say I'm wrong. That's a, that's a discussion for another topic, another time on the show. But what Kyler Murray did, not just in, in, in the Bills game, throwing that bomb as he was rolling out, couldn't even get his feet set, just kind of hurled it up. Hurled it up. Now, Years back, Rodgers did it not once, but twice to win a game. We saw that. But Kyler Murray, and, and let, let's look at the whole equation here. How many times this season has he used his brain to run when is applicable, to utilize his speed, making great throws, making great reads? This guy is primed. To just rise. To rise to the top. To get to a Patrick Mahomes level. To get to an Aaron Rodgers level. You know, they brought the right guy in in Kingsbury over there to Arizona. You saw what they did last year. And you see what he's doing this year. And it's just phenomenal. I mean, I had my eyes on the Dolphins game on Sunday. But I was going back and forth. I had the Dolphins on the computer screen. I had the Bills game with the Arizona game right there. I'm watching back and forth. And it was just amazing. And watching Kyler Murray, how could you not be impressed? And I'm not saying Mahomes isn't impressive. And I'm not saying Rodgers isn't impressive. All these guys who I've listed here have been impressive this year. But for me, the most valuable player is Kyler Murray. As he goes, the Cardinals go. Because what if you had 
I don't know. Let's say you put a different quarterback on the Cardinals. Would he be able to find Fitz? Would he be able to find Kurt? Would he be able to find Hop? I don't know. Nobody knows. But I know from what I'm seeing this year that Kyler Murray is the truth, folks. Kyler Murray is out there. And, you know, I took away this weekend seeing Murray, seeing Herbert, seeing Allen, seeing Tua, knowing what Patty can do. I mean, the league has changed. The baton has been passed. The old guard is gone. The new athletic, flame-throwing, speed demon quarterback is here to stay, folks. Love it or hate it. It's not John Elway or Peyton Manning, guys staying in the pocket, or, you know, Brett Favre just hurling up bombs, hoping it doesn't get intercepted. These guys are intelligent. These guys are huge. These guys are quick. The game has changed at the quarterback position. There is no question about it. And that's why I'm sticking with Kyler Murray as my MVP. Tweet at me, at underscore Joel the Mouth. Who is your NFL MVP? I'm kind of curious. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to be mad if people say Mahomes or Rodgers, Allen, Donald, Kamara. You can have a great discussion about any of those guys winning the MVP. And that's what makes sports great. Guys have different opinions about different things. And you can go off it. And again, I'm not hating on Patrick Mahomes. I'm not hating on Aaron Rodgers. I'm not hating on anybody I didn't put first. At all. Because they... Honestly, any of these guys who win it, they deserve it. I just personally think that Murray is more deserving of it. That's just the way it is. That's the way I feel about it. Joel the Mouth, the Mouth on Sports podcast, episode number four. Great to have you aboard again at underscore Joel the Mouth. You can email the show as well. Uh, Joel the Mouth at gmail.com is how you get at me. Real quick here before I get into my next thing I want to talk about tonight's NFL matchup. A matchup that is worthy of Thursday night football talk. Imagine that. Going through a whole NFL season and saying that a game is worthy. We saw lots of games that have been worthy. Sundays, not on Thursdays. This Arizona Cardinals, Seattle Seahawks, personally, I think the winner of this game wins the toughest division in the NFL, in the NFC West. I mean, the Seahawks have kind of, and Russ, have kind of gone down after the Cardinals beat him in overtime, 37-34. I think this game is going to be along the same lines. You know, Russ Murray. What other matchups, when you look at the divisional races, right, or you look at the divisions in general, and you go through all the quarterbacks, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, great matchup. No, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, okay. But, I mean, Jared Goff. Jimmy G is injured, mm, kind of stretching that with the 49ers. But then you got Kyler Murray and Russ. I mean, it's just great. Personally, I'm taking the Cardinals tonight. I'm taking Arizona. You know, I think if Seattle had the home fans, 
it may be a little bit different, but they don't. I think the Cardinals are on the rise and the Seahawks have kind of fallen backwards. Russ has kind of fallen back to earth. That's why I didn't include him in my MVP talk because I don't believe, you know, he has had enough consistency. He did great at the beginning of the season. And granted, we know how long the season is and things happen, ebbs and flows. And you look at the Seahawks, you know, schedule remaining after this game. They got three games against the NFC least. That's NFC East for you who don't know that. But the Cardinals win tonight goes huge, gives them the season sweep over Seattle. I would take the Arizona Cardinals. That's just me. I believe that much in Kyler Murray. I believe that much in what they're doing over in Arizona. And I think it's going to happen. I got two more topics I want to hit here in the last few minutes of the show. Really quickly, before I get to my baseball point, I want to congratulate a fan base who hasn't had congratulations or a joy in a long time. Probably since 1999 when they made the NBA Finals. That just gave it away. Nick fans, congratulations. You did something right. You got Obi with the number eight pick. And how he fell to you is beyond me. You should have had Ja or Zion. You got the number three pick. Lots of things have gone wrong for you guys over the years. This went right. You got the player of the year who grew up in New York, who played in the city parks, in the tournaments, who wants to be a Nick. I mean, hell, the last time, in my personal opinion, Knicks were relevant was 1994, 95. You know, Ewing, Starks, Oakley, those guys, that was badass. I know basketball is different now, but I, I'm happy for Nick fans. I'm truly happy. Two good, you know, draft picks. The kid out of Kentucky, SEC Player of the Year, along with R.J. Barrett. I say it's worth it. Try to get Russ. Try to get Westbrook. It's not going to cost you a lot. Make it happen. Make the garden a relevant place to go again if fans can come. I mean, hey, if they do that, the Knicks, I think, can battle for a five or six seed in the East. Depending on what happens with your other New York team, the Brooklyn Nets. Rumors about James Harden. But I would be careful, Net fans. Dimwitty, Levert. I mean, do you want to give up that much for Harden? Perhaps, hmm, you float the idea of, of trading Kyrie. Talk to Durant. Be like, hey, listen, I know you came here because of Kyrie, but we can get Harden. Maybe that's something. Because honestly, if, if the Houston Rockets trade Harden to the Nets for those small pieces, they're not getting a big return. But you throw Kyrie in there, it may be a little bit more interesting. Is it truly going to happen? We don't know. I truly believe Harden is going to be moved, whether it be to the Nets or the 76ers. Do you straight up do James Harden for Ben Simmons? It's going to be interesting how the rest of this free agency kind of works out. I truly believe Russ is going to be moved. Harden's going to be moved. 
you're not going to make them, as the Rockets said, they'll play uncomfortably. I don't think it really matters. But Brooklyn Nets fans, I wouldn't give up those role players for James Harden. I wouldn't. I mean, you have the pieces there. And Kyrie is just the combustible component. Nobody really knows what this guy is going to do. Can he stay healthy? Can he keep his fucking mouth shut? Nobody knows. And we'll just have to see. NBA season starts next month. Christmas surprise for all of you. So we'll kind of see what happens. And, you know, I, I had high hopes for the Warriors, but then we had the devastating news of Klay Thompson out for the year. But you still got arrested Green, you got a healthy Steph, and you got James Wiseman. So we're going to have to see what happens. So I think it's going to be a lot interesting in the NBA. A lot of teams coming up, and we'll kind of see what happens. Final topic of the day, and, you know, this one, depending on how you look at things and depending on how you lay in the landscape of Major League Baseball, you can take it one of two ways. Well, depending if you're a Mets fan or not. Me as a Mets fan, you, you see a player get suspended for the entire season for PED use. You would say, oh, what an idiot. I'm joyous. I'm happy that Cano was such a moron that he did a substance from 1988. He must have called Ben Johnson and said, hey, you got any of that stuff left that made you run four, four seconds in the 100-yard dash? Let me get that. I made a $240 million contract, and I'm just going to give it up. Yes, Cano, thank you so much. Only the New York Mets can step in a pile of dog shit and be happy with what comes off on the bottom of their foot. That may sound ridiculous to some of you. The Mets can go high with this. Number one, I never liked Cano. I thought it was a terrible trade. Number two, $24 million comes off of their books because he's not playing this year. Steve Cohen has already said the Mets will spend, the Mets will get players, things will happen. There is a specific individual now out there, and a lot of Mets fans are telling me this already, move Jeff, Jeff McNeil to second. Yes, you have J.D. Davis to third. Move Don Smith to left field. Great. Oh, cool. I like McNeil. Whatever. But this is different. That $24 million that came off the books, normally, if this was last year, that would go in the coupon's pocket, the Will Pond's pocket. They would just hang on to that $24 mil. You have the ability to make a huge statement here. There was a certain individual that resided in the Bronx last year that won the AL batting crown who happens to play second base for the New York Yankees. He is a free agent. Back up the dump truck. Give DJ LeMayhew whatever he wants. Sign that man. Then you still have money because you haven't spent any money. You saved money with the Cano thing. Then you can sign George Springer and Trevor Bauer. We'll figure out the bullpen later. 
Steve Cohen wants to make a statement. These are the three moves. And the one move specifically, in my opinion, with DJ LeMahieu, that just puts the Mets right back on the map. Right back on the map. Cano, I'm, I'm glad you screwed up. This is the best thing for the Mets. Steve Cohen is a fan. And when you look at ownerships who are fans in the sports, sometimes it goes wrong. Look at Jerry Jones. Look at some of the other ones. But Steve Cohen is a smart fan. DJ LeMahieu is spending money, but it's spending money wisely. And that's what you want to do in sports. It's great to have the money, but what do you do with it? You do the right thing. And I'm not saying, listen, if they don't sign LeMahieu, moving McNeil over to second base, I'm fine with that. But then you need to at least get Springer or at least get some bona fide better pitching. But the LeMahieu thing would be great. You know? That's it for me today, man. Joel the Mouth, the Mouth on Sports, episode number four. Big thank to my son, Carter, for coming on today. I really appreciate it, buddy. Talking a little Dolphins football. Look out for episode number five dropping next week. Remember, tweet at me, at underscore Joel the Mouth. You can email me, joelthemouth at gmail.com. I will talk to you guys next week. Go Dolphins. Go Notre Dame. Talk to you guys later. Peace.